Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network's 24 coverage of season five, episode six, um, from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. That's when we're recording it. Are and you coincidentally, sure? also, also <laughs> when the episode takes place. Uh, <laughs> it was almost 6:29 a.m. to 7:29 a.m. But uh, I remembered we don't do this real time. Uh, this was January 30th, 2006's episode, written by David Fury. What a name. Oh, I wish I was calling Fury. He's a uh, bit of an esteemed a- writer, old David Fury. He's got some history. He he had a commentary as well, which I was able to listen to. Uh, and John Kassar directed it, as all of our favorite episodes of 24 are directed by John Kassar. Uh, and then the episode with the cougar um <laughs> was he responsible for that he tried to defend it <laughs> you're on you're you're on um you're on fire today colin good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> i, I well, think we're talking 24. about 24 yeah it's good uh, yeah david fury yeah jack bauer i think was in this one <laughs> ba- ba- bear bauer or something like that uh but this episode is a big one uh this is the episode where jack holds a knife to somebody's eye and as I found in the commentary, actually caused injury during the scene with Walt. He was drunk. <laughs> he wasn't acting at all in this episode. It's like, give me my vodka back. Give it back. <laughs> First, I'm going to cut your left eye. Then I'm going to cut your right eye. Then I'm going to cut you. I'm going to cut you. Uh, this is going to be a fun one, though, because there's uh, so much happening and so much violence and uh, a lot of good deleted material that I'm excited to talk about as well. Uh, my name is Colin, and I can't have you talk to me like that in front of these people. And my name is Ben, and I'm sorry I'm being a bit dissing. It's hard getting used to you being alive. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's first thing in the morning. I try to come off as alive. Sometimes, Sometimes. it actually well, yeah, well. Today you're not doing too well. Just say David Fury, uh, writer on Lost, writer on Buffy, uh, executive producer of this show. So, um, yeah, he's an esteemed oh, name so. out there in, in television circles. You've talked about him before. I believe we have in our Buffy, our uh, Buffy After Dark hidden podcast, only available to our Patreon listeners. Surprise! We ruined it. Thanks, Colin. He's also a co-executive producer on Nine One One. Hey, Whoa. which can I just say? Watch the finale for this Uncanceled. season, um, which yeah, apparently got cancelled, but then got picked up straight away by ABC. <laughs> so um, good to see Angela Bassett's uh, still sulking about her Oscar somewhere. So bring back I- Connie Britton. I, I still just think it's bizarre that 911 Fox's franchise will now air on two separate networks. Yeah. Because um, Lone Star has been renewed on Fox. So, yeah, that exactly. Makes sense. Well, and also, in breaking news, NCIS Sydney is filming at the moment. There was uh, all the news today that they were flying helicopters around the Harbour Bridge and Opera House today. So, uh, 
coming to your TV screens later this year, NCIS Sydney. Starring Misha Barton. <laughs> she, she's uh, been in the press this week. She's in Australia. She's, uh, I, I saw the first images released. Uh, um, sorry, Misha. <laughs> but, oh, uh, don't shame her. I, well, like, I, she was like renowned for being too thin like 20 years ago. <laughs> she was kind of like the Lara Thin Boyle of, you know, after she put on some weight. So good for her. She finally had a biscuit. She's healthy now. Yeah. Um, yeah, this episode's great. And I was, uh, I, when I go through the DVDs, I'm always disappointed when I get to an episode. I'm like, oh, there's no deleted scenes. There's no commentary. There's no nothing. And it's been like several weeks of that. And then this one, they got deleted scenes. They got commentary. They got everything. And uh, uh, lots of good trivia on this. But uh, what I want to do is start off by, well, I guess why don't we, <laughs> why don't we start just with initial thoughts on this episode <laughs> before a, we actually start off with the other stories. It's a good place to start. Can we start this over again? It's too early. I for think me. we need uh, to say, Colin, yeah, this episode's great. Yeah, so I think I'll buy Misha it. Misha Barton. Uh, <laughs> she was there. <laughs> Wrong episode. Are you asking me or are you about to talk? Uh, well, I'll, I'll just say I think this episode's right up there uh, as one of the best of the season. Uh, it might even crack number nine on my list. No, it doesn't crack number nine on my list. Uh, <laughs> but spoiler, it'll get close. It'll get close. Uh, like this is one of the most memorable episodes, mostly for one scene. Uh, but that one scene, like amazing. And and there's so much more than that one scene in this episode. Uh, but I just kept waiting for it and waiting for it because you know where you're going with this. I mean, the end, end of the last episode, like I'm going after Charles Logan and I'm going to get Walt Cummings myself. And you're like, oh, this is the one. This is the one. Uh, and just waiting for it to get there. I mean, it's, it's so much anticipation, but that that one scene alone, like uh, I, I I don't know. Did we discuss last week whether that's a potential Hall of Fame scene? Because oh, I think it's up there. It will be. I mean, I've marked it down. So uh, again, Good. this season is stacked. So you know, it's. I mean, I'd argue we've already got two locks that were in the first episode. So uh, you know, uh, good luck for the rest of the season. And there's at least two that will come very much at the midpoint. So uh, and then if, yeah, there's so many this season. This is going to be a very difficult one, but. Yeah, I mean, this episode is great. And I think that that scene aside, there is a, still a lot of great... Like, Kiva's on fire in this episode. He's so good. And I think just a lot of the stuff that he's dealing with... I mean, he starts off in a boardroom and he's basically tortured a guy in front of the President of the United States. He's had a almost a make-out session with Audrey. He's almost had a make-out session with Connie Britton. Um, he's he's close one with Bill. Exactly. He's hanging out with Mike. He uh, gets close to Sean Astin. I mean, God, the man, he's just an absolute slut this week. But it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's just everything else around this is really good. I mean, the Martha stuff is kind of overlooked, but that's great. Like the scene between her and, and Charles is fantastic. Even the Bill and uh, Lynn stuff is great. Like everything in this episode. Is Chloe in this episode? Um, it just clicked. I, I don't think we notes. see Chloe at all in this episode, do we? Um, maybe Edgar we do. is the one who comes in and saves the day by hacking the manifest. Yeah. Um, oh, manifest. Um, you know, I think she is credited, but I don't remember seeing her unless she's sitting at the table in the opening scene. But anyway, that aside, uh, I mean that, yeah, the scene, yeah, I mean, just that scene would be epic alone. Given the fact that he's literally doing it in front of the president of the United States. Like Jack hasn't, this is the first time we've ever seen Jack in a room with a sitting president because when mm. he was in a room with Lo, uh, with Palmer, Palmer wasn't president. So yeah, this is the primaries. first time we ever actually get to see Jack in the room with a president. And what is he fucking doing? Um, so, I mean, it's, it's iconic. It's great. And 
yeah, I mean, this episode is so good. Uh, so all the other B, C, and D storylines, I'm going to get those out of the way really quickly here, which will actually include some stuff that just isn't connected to the major story of the episode. You mentioned Martha, literally two appearances in this episode. First, uh, where she's basically talking to Evelyn and she's mentioning about how at one point, you know, Charles would come to her with everything. And now she basically says, I'm less than an afterthought, which is a fantastic line. And uh, I, I love Gene Smart's uh, delivery in this episode. And then the second scene, which connects to the end of the episode when Logan comes back and basically says, you don't have to go to Vermont. Good news. And then she's like, no, it's not good news, Charles. And she basically snubs him. He goes in for the kiss. Like, no kiss for you. <laughs> uh, and then he decides to get one anyways, probably because there's cameras running. But uh, I, I just, I love all of their scenes together. Like, I think that uh, when we're talking about chemistry, Charles and Martha are often overlooked in 24 uh, because I think a lot of the audience knows how their storyline is going to end up. And maybe what's freshest in their mind is going to be what's coming up, uh, not even outside of this season. But the way that they play off each other is so perfect. Like, they 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 have almost the same way of, the same style of acting, the same way of talking to each other. Like I was mentioning last week, like getting in very close and not quite whispering, but kind of whispering like everything as a president and a first lady, somebody's always watching. And that that's a little thing that they, they kind of bring into this that uh, I hadn't really seen in any type of, you know, political show before, but uh, seeing a scene where Charles is basically like my bad uh, when it's usually the other way around, it's Martha, my bad Charles. Uh, or him at least assuming that it, it's great. Uh, I love the tension between these two. Uh, so yeah, their two scenes still are highlights of this episode, even though it is <laughs> their storyline is pretty much less than an afterthought. Uh, so Martha, I guess, predicted that. Uh, and then I guess let's also talk about the the Diane and Jack and Audrey <laughs> triangle here. So Diane basically says goodbye to Jack. She says, and don't I saw that look. <laughs> I saw that look. I know what's going on. Uh, and Jack and her have a little goodbye thing. They kiss, uh, and then Diane has a goodbye scene to Audrey. Like, does she need that? But I think this is, I don't know if it was meant to be something to confuse the audience, because there's several things with, with Connie Britton in this episode where it leads you to believe there's more coming from this. Like, uh, she has the scene with Jack where she's basically saying, like, oh, you're not going to be coming back to us, are you? And then says, okay, well, you know, I would, I'd love to have you back. I love making you breakfast. My kid actually likes you now, you know, let's make a go at this. Uh, but uh, then when she has the scene with Audrey where she's like, hey, if you're not intending to do anything with Jack, I'm right here, I'm open. <laughs> uh, I'll pick him up. Uh, and you, you think that, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but you think that they're actually gonna go somewhere with this. And the, the thing that becomes even more confusing is that when we get to the end of the episode, right before the cliffhanger, when we get all the split screens, Connie Britton gets a split screen hmm. of driving away. And good for that, that. Yeah, I'm like, this is supposed to be your last episode. Is there something else from her? Like, I don't even know if her name gets dropped later in the season is or whatever. It? But yeah, they, they address that in the commentary about uh, people thinking that, you know, she was going to come back. And they're like, we like to tie these stories up, but always leave the option. So this isn't something like Beirut's where they're like, oh, we're definitely going to settle this story in a deleted scene that just mentions him as he walks in it through a room. Uh, this was more like, hey, we never want to completely say this is over and done with, but they didn't want to go down the route of having a drawn out love triangle. But like, we actually kind of like the idea that you leave this open-ended question and then you never answer it. But they add that split screen just for the purpose of making it, it, it giving them an option later on down the road. But uh, 
the scenes between them, like it is soap opera. It is not even necessarily good soap opera, but the actors make it good soap opera. Mm. Uh, Connie Britton and uh, Kiefer Sutherland and Kim Raver. Uh, I can't think of three other actors on network television that could actually sell a storyline like this as well as they did. I would call this Brexit because Britain is leaving. Get it? Ah! <laughs> 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 Take a second, but I'll give it to you for that. <laughs> Get it? Britain. Britain. Exit. Brexit. See you, Connie. Ah, oh, that was a good joke, Ben. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think you, like, I see exactly what they're doing, but, like, I think this story ends and it's fine because it makes mm. sense that she would leave and it makes sense that Jack would sort of go back and he doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, he's about to get arrested. He's about to go fucking stab a guy in the eyes in front of the president. So yeah, I don't see how you bring her back. I don't. And, um, you know, obviously we've talked a little bit about, you know, Connie Britton maybe wasn't Pete Connie Britton at this point. You know, you would look at this now and go, Jesus, Connie Britton, six episodes and five episodes, whatever it is, bye and see ya. Um, but I mean, she wasn't, wasn't Connie Britton back then, I guess. So yeah, I think it's fine. And, and kind of, in all seriousness, like, what really would you do with this? I mean, we pick up Jack sort of staying in the house next door and he's just been hanging around. It's never explicitly implied that these two are together. He's just mm. kind of a, a lodger just in there. none of our business. Exactly. Like, to me, they're fuck buddies. Like, they just, he hangs out with her and they sleep together every now and then. Jack doesn't commit to anybody. Like, I mean, as he admits, he's still in love with Audrey and he's never not loved us. So I think kind of that implies that he's not in a relationship with her and they've just been dating and fooling around a little bit. So even their kiss leaves you to question it, you know, yeah. it's like, it's very, like, Oh, is he going to go? Oh, that was quick. But I like that. I kind of, I like that. And, you know, I'm going to have problems with Jack's future relationship with a certain rest in peace, Renee. But I think this is done well enough where it's just a bit ambiguous. It's just a bit like, okay, sure. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't like Sometimes you have relationships with people like this. So, it's fine. Um, and I like, you're right. It's soap opery, but I don't know. I kind of like it in a weird way because maybe you kind of need this little voice to kind of tie in the Jack and Audrey feelings. Like, cause otherwise it'd feel a bit weird, wouldn't it? Like, yeah. Hey Jack, I'm a bit awkward around you being alive. Do you still love me? What? Like, I mean, at least you've kind of got this middle ground where they can kind of connect the two. So I, I like that. It kind of works. I um, mean, the master child stuff, like, I think it works the chemistry because you believe these two are married. Like they're just so yeah. well. I, and like married for a long time, if you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I think you just believe this has been a couple for a long time. Cause she even, Martha even says like, Oh, I was the voice when he was like running for the Senate and kind of all this sort of stuff. And it, yeah, it just, it just works. And I think kind of, I, I love Martha's line when she's like, he's the president of the United States. He can do whatever he wants. Like I think like Mr. President, 9-11-2 is happening. Nope. I'm going to have a date night with my wife. Um, so, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe not. But, um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's a side plot. But even going back to what I said at the beginning, it's, it works well in this episode. I think it, it, mm -hmm. it fits. It works. Martha's great. Charles is great. And even though we've just kind of had this big torture scene when he rushes the car, I just kind of love the way he, like, answers the door and, I don't think he's... Has he started calling him Marty yet? I love it when he calls him Marty. Like, Marty? Yeah, I think he does in uh, near the end of this episode. It's yeah. cute. Do you and Jamie... Like, I think I've asked this before, but do you have, like, pet names for each other? No. Uh, 
that you can say on air. <laughs> Cole's like, no, no, Jamie, no. Colin. Uh, does, he, does he call you like Coco or like, I don't know. Coco. <laughs> the Hill Dog. Um, if she listens to this, she will, I'm sure. Co- Co- Colleen. Um, I don't know what you call it. JJ. Um, JJ. JJ and Coco. <laughs> this sounds like a spinoff, like one of these uh, uh, MTV spinoffs of one of the Jersey Shore things. And it's the JJ and Coco show. I like that. JJ and Coco. That's your couple name. That's cute. I don't know. Like, I think you call Casper Kaz, don't you? Yeah, yeah this, you got a nickname. Re- Jamie calls Remy Rem Rem. Cool. What do you call Casey? Fuck off. Um. Basket case. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I, see, I call Casey Mr. Bond because Bond is one of his middle names, but uh, that's not so much a you know pet name or a nickname. And it's I'm just and preferred. I'm and you you call the police around me. That's what you call me. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you call me a cop car to get away. Um, Paddy wagon. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually my nickname in the in the jail cells. G'day, I'm Paddy. Paddy wagon. Um, anyway, uh, I've got nothing more to add. I have nothing more to declare. Uh, okay, so the the minor storyline here: Walt and Nathanson have another phone call with a million projection screens around <laughs> Nathanson. Uh, basically they're just setting up the whole nerve gas storyline. And, uh, there is a deleted scene. Now this is actually on the trivia on the Wikipedia page, uh, about the deleted scene, which is a long deleted scene. And, uh, you get the first bits of it as they're kind of traveling in the truck and, uh, yellow tie man, they give his name in this episode. Is it Ulrich or yeah, uh, Eric? Ulrich. Yeah. That's a uh, Russian yeah. for yellow tie. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but he kind of gives a little bit more. Like in, in this scene, it's just sort of like, yes, they will pay for what they've done. Uh, but part of the long deleted scene is him giving a lot more background about which it definitely could have been written better. It's like, yes, as the leading separatist movement and uh, all these terrible things that Russia has done, we will make them pay. And when I was a child, it, it goes on for a while. I'm like, oh, we really didn't need this. Uh, it's giving him a little bit, I guess, of a motive. Uh, but the more interesting part, which I understand why it was cut from the episode, because they they do talk in the commentary about how this episode was like very long. Uh, and there's something that's not even presented as a deleted scene I'll get to in a second. But uh, when they arrive at the port, uh, there's this long sequence of how they get in. And it's basically they hand him the paperwork, which uh, I don't even think this is in the episode, because when Edgar later on does his hacking and says, this is the only manifest that said for medical supplies. Um, I think you're missing the deleted scene where they actually say, oh, we're, we're just presenting medical supplies. Like they hand the paperwork to the guy and say, yes, this, all it says here is medical supplies. It doesn't say what you're carrying. And the guy, I'm just a driver. What do I know? Uh, And there's a very suspenseful scene as they're like, okay, we need to scan you. And they, basically drive through like an x-ray thing and you're seeing like this x-ray of the ship and then there's like basically their chloe on the inside of the truck who's like typing away and then all of a sudden you see that it's it's displaying what's different so on the villain screen you see it displaying canisters of nerve gas and guys standing there with guns but then the guy the, the the port authority guy is seeing just boxes and boxes or crates that would look like medical supplies and then there's like a moment where there's like a blip and all of a sudden, the image switches, and the guy just sort of looks at it like, what? What did I just see? And then all of a sudden, they just cut to you. All right, you're clear. And I'm thinking, come on, let's drag this out a little bit. But it it, it was obviously something to be cut because it's not necessary to the plot, but it was still a great deleted scene. 
Uh, and then Yellow Tie, Ulrich, Eric, uh, Uric, whatever you want to call him. Elrond. Alderaan. Uh, he, Alderaan, yes. We're a peaceful <laughs> planet. Here. We have no weapons. <laughs> you want another target, a military target? Then name the system. <laughs> I'm grow tired of asking this. Uh, <laughs> Parkin's fa- so good. We, we rewatched all the Star Wars movies. <laughs> <laughs> I recognize your foul stench, but I was brought on board. Uh, I, we rewatched those movies, and I, I just... Tarkin's one of those underrated Star Wars villains that nobody really ever talks about, but especially his scenes with Leia are so good. He's like touching her and almost molesting her, and did you, she's just talking back to him. Did you watch the sequels, or did you give up after Return of the Jedi? You know, this is our second time going through the Star Wars movies in about a year and a half, and I haven't brought myself to watch the sequels yet. And it's really Rise of Skywalker, which I have not seen since it was originally in theaters and still can't bring myself to watch. I will do it, but I'm like, I'm going to give myself some distance from the good movies before I watch And, it. and do you watch Solo and Rogue One, or do you skip over those and just watch the I episodes? Watched, no, I watched Solo, but the order that we've been watching them in is basically start, like the order of release. Uh. So I'm watching A New Hope, and then it, it's one of these things, if I watch Revenge of the Sith and then decided to watch A New Hope, I'd probably watch Rogue One in between. But when you started a new hope, you're like, oh, I probably should have watched Rogue One, but now it's too late. That um marathon that I told you about that they're showing the originals back to back is sold out, but they're doing a second showing, like, because it was so Ooh. popular. So You're uh, gonna go? I, I it's it's on a decently busy weekend and it's a bit far away, but I, I'm I, I think I will. Because I yeah, again, as I said, I've never seen a new hope or return of the Jedi on the big screen. So um they would be the only one of the nine episodes that i have never seen so uh on the big screen i should say so uh yeah it would be good to tick them off the list because i saw i saw empire when the special edition was released in 97 but i never saw the other two so yeah uh anyway so the the yellow tie guy is basically suspicious of a guy in the container now i I don't know this i kind of missed in the episode so this guy is he supposed to be like Walt's man on the inside who's rigging the detonators. Yeah, he's the like the plant who basically you see him put a little uh, kitchen timer on it. And so he's the mm. one who's essentially, you know, with this whole plot of, oh, it's it's going to be for oil, sir. Um, mm. Yeah. And and I, I do love, is he the one I think too is in the truck or I love the truck driver here when they're driving. And again, because they can never name a country. It's like, yes, have we got these canisters? Yes, they will arrive in your country in about two days. <laughs> like, for fuck's sake. Let's say Yemen. It's, it's called, always Yemen. It's all called your country. Yeah. yeah I mean, that, that should be the name of the country. Your, your country. country Republic. Yeah, the Republic of your country. It's like spelled <laughs> E-U-R-E-C-U-N-T-R-E-I. It's like, it's like Dutch. You're a country. No, that's Icelandic. Did you just probably. spell country C U N T R? How do you spell what? 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 What does that pronounce, Colin? <laughs> I think it's country. <laughs> that's the first time you said the c word since Double Lost Seven. Um, that was a blip too. By the way, mm, I bet it was. Uh, like the episode, the deleted scene here. I mean, I, I guess I'll group in the opening of. The CTU stuff as well, because uh, it ties in with the other deleted scene that's not a deleted scene, which is the episode was supposed to open with Curtis continuing to interrogate Spencer because Curtis can't even have the job of being lead interrogator anymore. <laughs> now he's like, all right, Bill and Jack and Chloe, we finished our job. And even Lil, we're at Lin, Lil, yeah. Lil. <laughs> Good old Lily, Lily Phil and Lil from him. Rugrats. Is that where we're at? <laughs> but they're out of the room and they're like, all right, time to set in Curtis. Yeah, so... 
they asked you all the questions already. So I don't know, like, uh, who you got this year for the Stanley Cup playoffs. <laughs> uh, Florida. It was supposed to be like a pretty aggressive interrogation thing. Like they want to continue with the Spencer thing. Uh, but that's not even shown as a lead scene. So I don't even know if it got cut even before they started filming or whatever. Uh, but the, the way the episode actually opens, we have Jack uh, talking about, uh, you know, how he's going to get to Logan. Well, I trust Mike. Mike worked for Palmer. Now, I don't know whether Jack has a relationship with Mike where mm. he would immediately go to him. And I think what, what makes this an even bigger hole is that Palmer didn't trust Mike. So, I mean, if Jack was that loyal, like he would know enough to know Mike kind of betrayed Palmer already. So is he the guy you want to trust? But I mean, I guess it's his only option. Uh, they basically formed the plan where Jack's going to go in and this is off the books uh, because that way nobody here takes the blame, which just seems to be now the the running thing in 24. Hey, if you let me do this on my own, I'm not official. Nobody here takes the blame. They're like, that sounds like a great plan. And Lynn agrees to it only if um, it's about the nerve gas and not getting revenge for Palmer. Great. Th same. This, I feel like the audience, you know, has to be reminded that earlier in the season we had Jack's cold blooded kill mm. where it was the first time in five seasons that he's done something for a personal reason. So it's good to bring that back to, yeah, there's still something in Jack that could be a, a little bit, you know, a little bit loose here where he could be, you know, going off on his own agenda. Uh, and then uh, I, I guess we'll continue on just this last scene. Cause this kind of also ties in with all, all our deleted scenes. Uh, when Jack goes to the meeting place with Mike uh, and he has the phone call with Audrey. So this phone call, they talk about in the commentary that fans apparently hated this phone call. Like this is one of the things they got the most criticism for. And it's because of Audrey picking up the phone at this very important moment to call Jack. Now, what I, I think makes this slightly better, but I think worse for the scene is that this is only half of the original scene. So on the DVD, you know, they'll have it where the 24 logo appears and then you can click on it and uh, the, uh, the the deleted scene is viewed. And it's basically, you go from Jack in his car answering the phone and then all of a sudden the deleted scene starts, you see Audrey talking and then he's in the room with Logan already. Hmm. So what happened was this scene between Jack and Audrey on the phone was supposed to be later on after the whole Walt thing when they're just basically waiting for the, uh, the shipping container to be searched. And... She calls him then. So the original scene, I actually think it was better for Kiefer's performance. Everything you get on Audrey's side is the original call. But the one hint that it's still there is when Jack says, I have to go. And she's like, no, 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 Jack. And he said, no, I really have to go. She goes, okay, you have to, I understand you have to go. She hangs up. Uh, at this point, Audrey doesn't really know what Jack has to go for. Whereas in the original scene, she knows, oh, you're right. I got to go too. I got to go look at this monitor with Bill and Lynn. Uh, but the abruptness of the ending of the call kind of tells you, at least on Audrey's side, where this scene was originally supposed to be placed. Uh, her performance is great. I think Jack's performance is kind of an afterthought here in, in, when he's just in the car. And, and I'm saying that only because I saw the original scene where he's like peeking around the corner and you see Logan there and he's like, yeah, this really isn't a good time. But uh, <laughs> the one thing that I think is a little bit weird is what she's saying to Jack, like, do you still love me? And he's like, uh yeah like i think that this would make more sense if it was flipped around because from jack's perspective the last time they saw each other he was like no no please give me another chance please give me another chance i love you and she's like no jack i'm leaving so like jack nothing would have changed with jack's feelings i feel like he should be asking her this question uh still a great scene especially for kim raver's side 
Uh, she gives a lot of emotion in this. And I, I do prefer the other scene better, although I get why if the audience was already upset that she called him when he was going to meet at Mike, I can see that this would have probably gone over even worse if she called him waiting for these shipping containers to be searched. But I actually love, the, the thing I love the most about this is the fact that she's calling and having this conversation when it, she knows this isn't the best time. And even Jack is like, wow, like this is bad timing, but you know, let's have this conversation. That to me is what kind of makes this scene. So I don't agree with the fans, uh, but uh, in, in a way, I guess that they saved themselves by kind of flipping the scene around earlier in the episode, considering the response it later got. Yeah, I've never got, I, I guess to me, the fandom of Audrey was never really there. I think that she, I think we talked a bit about last season that, I don't know if fans really liked the character of Audrey, which always annoyed me because this is kind of like a tie-on from Third Watch. The two fans that existed, they never really liked the character of Kim in Third Watch. And it just, it annoys me because I just, I, I, like, I don't know how she's received in freaking Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Universe, yeah. But like, she's an amazing actor and I just think her characters get so overlooked because she's actually a really good actor and her characters serve a purpose of the plot. I think it's really important. And I think that mm. this scene is great. I mean, this is no different to what we got last season. Okay, technically it's bad timing, but if anything, I think this works better here before he's gone onto the compound and before he's done anything, you know? So, and I think going back to my point with Connie Britton, I think you need this. Like, this is what I liked last week about this is the first time we've really had a character react to the fact that he's still alive. Like, yeah. even in this episode, Mike, oh, good to see you. Really good to see you. Hey, well, you're alive. Hey, old buddy, old champ. How's that heartbeat going? Still going. You're alive. You're definitely alive. Like, I just, I like this factor. And, like, this is why I'm going to love the scene between Jack and Kim in a few weeks' time. Like, oh, my God, that's one of my favorite scenes of this entire season. And this season is filled with massive moments. But it's just, it's needed. And, yeah, I can see your point about it should be the other way around. But at the same time, I'd argue... Audrey never specifically said she was no longer in love with Jack. She was just a bit miffed at the day. And you can understand why, like everything kind of changed and she was dealing with Paul. And, you know, I'm sure at that moment we saw her drop the files and we, we, we that was the last time we saw Audrey's reaction. So, I mean, you know, we could have an entire spin-off series in between these two series of just depressed Audrey. You know, we talked about Jack hugging the picture of Terry. How do I live? Like, Audrey lost her husband and her lover on the same, yeah, like, in the space people. of a couple of hours. Like, Jack, nothing, mate. Like, come on. You, your daughter survived. Kim had died on the same day, maybe. But so, like, Audrey's had a pretty shitty time over the last year. And we're going to find out one of the things or maybe who she did uh, in that period. He may or may not have had a knife to his eye in this episode. Um, but, yeah, it's... I don't know. I, I I love the scene. It's so good, and I think I think it fits. And screw you, fans. Leave Audrey alone. She's fantastic. I, fans like Renee. Don't get me started on that. But anyway, well, see, I'm 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 curious if like your response to Renee is kind of what they felt to Audrey in season four. <sighs> if there were these Terry loyalists, it's no, like oh, it's, but you can't have anybody other than the original. No, it's it's got nothing to do with Terry loyal. No, that's not, that's not why I dislike Renee. I just think. Renee always, the first time I watched it, just, just kind of got under my skin a little bit. And then on the subsequent rewatches in my speed rewatch, like, and I really hope, and generally for the most part, every time I brought up a viewpoint and you watch it, you're like, yeah, okay, I can kind of see where you're going with that. I just think what they do with that storyline is overrated. Like it's, it's kind of lauded as this, oh, love story between the two of them. 
nothing really happens between them in season seven. There's a bit of mild flirting and randomly Renee gets turned into a female Jack Bauer forcefully down your throat out of nowhere. And then when she returns in season eight, she kind of goes full Jack. There's a bit more mild flirting. They fuck. And then two minutes later, she's dead. Like that's kind of the Renee storyline. And then that's the reason why Jack goes on this ultimate revenge mission. Whereas spoiler alert in season nine, when something may or may not happen to Audrey in a similar vein, he doesn't go on a similar revenge mission. Then it just pisses me off. Anyway, rant over. Sorry for the spoilers. Um, but <laughs> my point is Renee, like rest in peace, rest in peace, Annie. But yeah, anyway, uh, what else did you talk about here? Um, the getting to the compound, the mic relationship, the one that surprised me more and I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, was he's met Aaron. He met Aaron in season one because he was the one who checked him into the breakfast with Palmer. So maybe, like, I guess Jack meets lots of people. He meets agents all the time. And maybe if you go back and analyze that scene, it wasn't like, hello, I'm Agent Pierce. I will be a major character for the next six seasons. So, like, I can kind of get why maybe Jack, when he meets Aaron, is like, you're Pierce, right? You knew Palmer. So I don't know. Like, that was the one I questioned. With Mike... They've had enough dealings over the years that I think that it makes sense. Um, And I think, like, I agree with you. I think that, yeah, if he knows him well enough, he would know that they had a falling out. But just because they had a falling out, I still think that there was that level of respect there, clearly. And as we analyze in season two, Mike did it technically for the right reasons. It wasn't like he just completely fucked him over, right? So... Um, I guess there was also season four where it was Palmer and Mike that were kind of looking out for Jack. Yeah, I think like it's it's politics. Like people can sort of have disagreements and everything along those lines. And I think like at the end of the day, who else does Jack know in the administration? Like that's the one yeah. connection that he's got. And again, established that he doesn't really maybe know Aaron. So uh, I like that connection. I, I mean, the compound must only be down the road from CTU because he's there in like five minutes. Uh, so convenient uh, that that's happening. But, like, I love, love, love the scene when he gets caught by all the Secret Service people. And I love, like, Jack's like, who did you tell? Who did you tell? I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell anybody. He's like, damn it, turn your man. And who's this guy, Dunley, or whatever it is? Like, I don't know if I've jumped I haven't in here. Go ahead, though. Go, go for I it. Just, I just want to add this bit because I love Dunley, the Secret Service <laughs> agent guy. And I love this guy because it's all very, like, dramatic. I'm sure they use this in, like, a promo for Fox. It's like, stand down, stand down. I ordered it here. I've got my orders, sir. Under who was it? Orders. The President of the United States, sir. Like, could you not just stop at the President? Like, what is he going to go? The <laughs> President of Burkina Faso, sir. Like, <laughs> do you have to add the country afterwards to make it sound like, the oh, president yeah. President of the Republic of your country. <laughs> the Prime Minister of Canada, sir. Um, but I, I love this guy, Dunley. Very dramatic, but a great scene. And sorry for jumping ahead. <laughs> Uh, the, the, the one of the best scenes of this episode right here. So Mike and Walt and Logan watch, I don't know, a propaganda film, a training <laughs> film of <laughs> nerve gas being distributed to this guy in a cell. Uh, I have so many questions about this. Like, I think they say, oh, we, we recovered this video. So this is like, I don't know, something that, that the, the, the terrorists of your country produced. Um, my question is, is this something where they're like, let's give this guy nerve gas and then just record it on a video to upload to YouTube later on. <laughs> hey, Frank, uh, take a pill. Why? <laughs> this is like the second half of an unboxing video. It's like, we got Centox nerve gas and let's see but what's inside. You, you know, if they saw this in 2023, there'd be some random guy reacting at the same time, right? Like, yeah, okay! 
guy's got shit coming out of his face. Oh, hell no. I'm never taking nerve gas. But, but I mean, even just what we get, I'm like, I'm like, is this like propaganda? Is this something they send? It's like, now let us see what happens when Johnny America gets involved with nerve gas. I, I think that's the, it. I think that's actor. Is this supposed to be an actor who's like? No, I, 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 I think it's like terrorists would do this. They would, they would literally get a captive, film it, and be like, yeah. So you know, hello, president of your country. Have you heard of no gas, <laughs> nerve gas? No, I haven't. Well, let me show you what it does. Okay. Oh, that's pretty nasty. All right, we'll follow what you want. Okay. Seeing this guy like twitching on the floor, though, like I don't, I don't want to pick him apart too much. I mean, it is very over the top. It's supposed to be though. Like I'm sure somebody who actually got exposed to nerve gas would be very similar. But like, it looks hilarious. <laughs> Foaming at the mouth. Now, if they had only put this much effort into the rats last week, yes, we wouldn't have as critical it's on when that. When their budget went, it went on this guy. This is <laughs> exactly. the, Meryl, the Meryl Streep of dying men. But like, as I said last week, like, I mean, this guy's shitting everywhere. He's pissing everywhere. Like, I mean, this is like, notice how they focus on his head because he's, there's some brown and yellow going yeah. on down there. Uh, now, is this guy credited? Sorry to interrupt, but I'm just trying oh, to see. Oh, let's if this... hope he is. We could get him on. I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to see. You keep talking. I'm trying to find out if we can find out who random guy dying is. All right. So my other thing, I'm not going to call it a plot hole, but I'm going to say like this was dangerously close to being a plot hole where Jack calls Mike. He's like, Mike, it's uh me, Jack Bauer. Yes, I'm alive. And all of a sudden, Mike, just give me a second. He leaves the room. Oh, oh all right, Jack, good to see you. Now, then Jack is like, so listen, uh, should have led with this, but don't tell anybody I'm alive. Okay, thanks. Uh, <laughs> now, if I'm Jack and I want to make sure that this doesn't get out, he's in a room. Jack doesn't know this, but he should assume he's in a room with Logan and Walt and everybody. Hey, Mike, it's Jack Bauer. I'm still alive, but don't tell anybody. Okay, just pretend you're on the phone with your mother. Start with that, because I just wanted Mike to be like, Jack, hey, guys, <laughs> Walt, I got Jack Bauer on the phone. He wants to get brunch. <laughs> I, don't, oh, no, 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 I should have led with that. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, think, Jack. Think. <laughs> Why must you be so stupid? Uh, it's just I want him to lead with that so that you don't have this problem later on where, where you, Mike <laughs> accidentally slips up. Um, so then we'll jump ahead to where they actually meet. So... Uh, he meets up with a meeting place and, uh, or no, I think before that when they're on the phone, <laughs> yeah, this is where Jack's like, so I just wanted to start by saying, I'm really sorry about David. I know you guys are close. And Mike's reaction. Yeah. So what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I Literally his words. Yeah. So what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, w when they meet up at the meeting place, uh, you know, Jack, uh, basically immediately loses because he, he smells something. What does he smell? His arch nemesis. That's helicopter. <laughs> I know. I can smell a helicopter from a mile away. And then all of a sudden, over the ridge, a helicopter <laughs> Now, I mean, I, I knew he was going to get captured in this episode, right? But how was going to happen? When I see Jack looking around, I'm like, oh, how great would it be if it's just a helicopter? It's <laughs> literally a helicopter over the horizon. I'm like, no. <laughs> oh, damn it. My one weakness. Oh, the helicopter. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's like, who did you tell? Who did you tell? I mean, this is exactly what you expect out of Jack Power. Just be screaming at somebody right away. Um, and this is, I think, where your guy Dunley ends <laughs> them. Oh, Dunley. Uh, M. Dunley. His name is M. M. Dunley. So what were we going to say? What's the first name? Mallory Dunley. Um, 
I'm, I'm Garrett Mallory. I'm going James Bond here. I didn't want to. I be... gave you a look. <laughs> I'm going with Bond here, not the other one. Uh, sure. Uh, let, let's let's call him something else then. Okay. Let's call him uh, Meredith Gun Mike, Dunley. Many. Mer I'm going Meredith. Mandy. This is Mandy. Mandy. Dunley. <laughs> Madonna. Uh, no, no, let's not. Madonna no, I'm, Dunley. I'm giving you the look now. Don't you do that. Madonna Dunley, come on. Uh, so good old Madonna here uh, <laughs> takes away. Now, um, we should also say Aaron caught Martha in the stables. Uh, moving no. on. <laughs> in the stables. Of all places, she's going to hide. I'm going to hide behind the horse manure pile. But I do have to love how she's like, Aaron, you got to help me. No, Miss, ma ma Madam President, I'm going to do this. Uh, but there's a conspiracy. <laughs> Tell me more. This will go well in the brunch room. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, the place, though, where, where Jack is being held after being captured here, am I just seeing bags of onions and potatoes? Like, is this just like their overflow from the pantry? It's just like stacks of potatoes and onions everywhere. Just, oh, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to need taquitos left at this moment. <laughs> exactly. I could make a taquito out of some of this stuff. Uh, the I don't know. So, so Walt and Logan have a very important scene here as well, where uh, Walt basically comes clean about everything that happened. And I, this is uh, the guy that I think everybody overlooked. Uh, what's his name here that plays Walt? Uh, he was on the commentary. I already forget his name. Um, Madonna but, uh, Dunley. Madonna Dunley. <laughs> John Cummings. Allen Nelson. John Allen Nelson sounds like a guy who assassinated David Palmer. Mm. Uh, he's even got the third name in there. That's why they cast him. But he's on the commentary, and uh, he, he's actually a really funny guy. Like I would have loved for them to do even more. I mean, we are going to see more of him throughout this season. But uh, what's funny is when he read this script and he saw this whole revelation of him owning up, you know, this is what I did and I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you and your meddling uh, CTU. Uh, he was like, oh, this is great. I got a lot to do. And then all of a sudden he, the scene finishes like, wait, I just spilled my guts ever. There's nowhere for me to go. I'm being written off the show. <laughs> he immediately assumed this is it. I'm out of it now. Um, so he basically forces Logan to go along with this by saying, hey, if uh, you'll be implicated if uh, you say anything about this to anybody, which it's a bit of a stretch. I mean, I think what I like about this, though, is that it shows us the old season four week Logan. Uh, now, there's other reasons why Logan doesn't go along with it. And I'm still questioning because I'm like, I kind of thought that like Walt and Logan were on the same page. So mm. maybe I'll have some surprises still coming back to me later in the season. But um, he uh, has his I'm a Patriot speech here, which is fantastic. Good movie. And uh, Patriot speech, the, the pa film. <laughs> the Patriot. Oh, The Patriot. <laughs> uh, Patriot speech, not bad. Overrated. Yeah. But it's it's no, okay. I like The Patriot. I prefer Patriot games of my Patriots films. And But you know what? Patriot's Day, the Boston Marathon bombing oh, film, yeah. also a good film. Kevin Bacon yeah. and Michael Beach together in a movie. What's not to like? Uh, <laughs> those are two that's your kim raver and uh <laughs> I, and when I, I think i watched that on a, i watched that on a plane traveling somewhere and then it was kind of like oh kevin bacon michael but like two of my friends there they are <laughs> you're good friends when you watch these things anytime i'm watching something with somebody we interviewed i always refer to them as my good friends yeah uh, Fred, dresser and uh, i are besties we hang out all the time 
I, we were watching, um, oh, what was it? It was uh, The Phantom of the Opera last night. For Mother's Day, Jamie uh, wanted to watch The Phantom of the Opera. And Minnie Driver's in that. And even though she only <laughs> just friend. replied Oi. she replied to one tweet of us, I'm still like, it's my good friend, Minnie Driver. <laughs> yeah. Michael Bolton liked a tweet. I said, no, he replied to a tweet. So Michael Bolton. Um, Michael Bolton? Michael Bolton. The Michael what Bolton. Your, what was your tweet? I think it was something about that Jack Sparrow song he did with um, Lonely Island. And he like tweeted like yeah or something like that. I, I you probably didn't see it. I mean, it was lasted only a couple weeks here, but it was like the I think it was the dating game they did a celebrity dating game or something like that. And basically, it was like a, a, one of these dating game shows, like the 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 old school ones, newlywed game or dating game or something like that. But it was a celebrity version, and uh, it, he didn't host it, but he like was like the band leader, Michael Bolton, but they would throw to him throughout the episode for like these random comments and innuendos. And that guy's hilarious. He's funny. Like, yeah. Give him his own show, Michael Bolton's show. Have you seen soon. the film clip to the Jack Sparrow song, song I'm talking about? Like he's No, I have no clue what you're talking oh, about. Oh, it made my top one hundred songs all the time. You gotta watch it. Like it's freaking hilarious. Your top one hundred songs of all time includes Michael Bolton and Jack Sparrow. And Lonely Island doing a song called Jack Sparrow. How have you not seen that? Like it's it's iconic. I guess no. Lonely Island are a bit naughty. They talk about sex. Uh, so so does michael bolton he does uh i want what, what's his famous song well he's got a few doesn't he what's that like How when a man a loves man? a woman oh is that him when yeah. a man that's not him is it yeah it's i think it's a cover song but his I was version say, that's like an old like um african-american singer isn't it um yeah that's not what he is <laughs> michael bolton is not black <laughs> Michael Bolton's wider than I am. Serious. I was not being serious. <laughs> I'm about to say, am I being racist all of a That's sudden it. again? <laughs> that, that, you're the, literally the most white person you can imagine. Exactly. Um, where were we going with that? Michael Bolton, you talked about that. Where did I, how did Michael Bolton... Oh, Pee-wee tweeted. Yeah, the, the new King of England. I've interviewed King Charles. So my good friend, King Charles. Every time I look Your at money, friend, there's King my Charles. mate. There he is. I've interviewed somebody on money now. That, that's, uh, that's a privilege. <laughs> Screw you, Colin, co-host. You haven't interviewed someone on money. No, I mean, one day uh, the Deferla Point sisters will be the, the <laughs> 10 20 and $50 bills in Canada. Colin's uh, head. One day, I don't know, Fran Drescher will be on our quarters. Can we just take a moment to remember that we interviewed Fran Drescher? <laughs> <laughs> How did that About happen? James Bond. How did that happen? That's what we need to do. We just need to contact, like, hi, Tom Cruise. Would you like to talk about Eurovision? <laughs> Um, yeah. sure. Like, that's how you get these people on the show. They don't jack shit about it. Like, oh, that's different. Like, <laughs> you know, why not? Madonna, would you like to talk about 24? Agent okay. Dunley. <laughs> how did Dunley get your name? Yeah, exactly. Who else do you want to interview? Pierce Brosnan, would you like to come on and talk about Formula One on the qualifying lap? Absolutely. Love to. Uh, so back to Walt here. Uh, yeah, his I'm the Patriot speech, like, when I'm watching this, I'm like, oh, that is like, I, I could see that this would have been like a little too obvious in 2006. Like, okay, I see where you're going with this. It's about oil. It's about having, you know, a stronger presence in other countries. I'm a patriot. Uh, but now, you know, 16, 17 years later, like I, I actually really like this, even though it is kind of the obvious choice for the time period. Um, and uh, I, I guess the last thing to say here is that Walt's going to basically tell Logan you need to terminate CTU's involvement in this investigation. Uh, how the president could just do that, I don't know. Uh, Bill and Lynn are 
<laughs> going to choke on uh, <laughs> their patriotism. But uh, Bill and Lynn are going to have this debate. Well, he wants us to shut down. Uh, should we do it? Nah, I'd rather not. You know what? Me too. I'd rather not. Uh, but uh, I mean, Walt, the guy who plays Walt here really delivers. And this is a guy who's hasn't really had like a big, I mean, he's had a big presence, but he's a very, very subtle type of actor. And then all of a sudden to explode like this, I mean, it's a great scene. I think they took from what they got with Walt and this is what they turn into kind of this storyline for the next like two and a half seasons. It's sort of the the man with the Bluetooth, you know, people controlling things to control the government because they want, you know, to make money and oil and start wars and invade African countries. And, you know, this is kind of the seeds of what we're going to get really now until the end of season seven. So, um, yeah, I think kind of enjoy it while it's actually fun. Um, but it's, <clears throat> I think, yeah, you're right. Like this is kind of that time period. It's always that, you know, I'm not really a terrorist. I'm doing this for America. Like, you know, I'm a patriot. I'm not a terrorist. Give, give America. Um, which it's it's interesting, and I guess it is topical. And I think kind of it's going back to my comparisons where this is kind of like the Nina is a mole storyline from season one because you know you dangle something in your face about the government. It's Walt. You sort of catch them. You get them done with. You know, this is the Jamie MacGuffin. And then all of a sudden, later on in the season, you're going to find the connections. But the, the difference is, is that you're right. Like watching this scene in isolation, knowing what happens later in the season, from memory, they do tie it in. So they'll be like, oh, they worked in different sections of this like evil organization. So they never, you know, understood the extent of things and things like that. But you can explain it as much as you want. But this just to me is proof in the pudding that this was not planned. Because why would you do a scene to this extent? Like if you do this, have Mike in the room. Have, you know, Dunley in the room. Have yeah, Aaron in the room. somebody that he needs to maintain this cover with. Exactly. This is where you have... I love a... that Dunley's your second go-to now. <laughs> he is. What a man. He's got his own Wikipedia page. He's, this is it. And by the way, uh, the guy who plays taped gassing victim is uh, Michael Carawea. Uh It's simply referred to as Middle Eastern Man. And according to IMDb, this is his only acting experience. So I think he actually died. Oh. So um, this, this is a real video. This is a snuff <laughs> film, basically. Um, but yeah, I think this is an issue. I think that you know, like it's only an issue in the fact that we know what happens. They didn't know what they were going to do at this point. Maybe they had an inkling that we could do something with this, but this is yeah. a thing. We know they don't map this series out from episode one to episode twenty-four. So they're going to retcon it as best as they can so you can excuse it. You're not getting away with this in a Netflix show, you know, now. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a bit of an issue knowing what happens. But, you know, we've seen worse in this show get excused. So. So. Uh, <laughs> so. I do love, I do, uh, I do, but, but sorry, I feel like I understand. I love this scene between Walt and, and Logan. I think it's mm -hmm. great. Like, I love it when he manhandles Logan and, kind of just like you you're going to want to listen to me before you make that phone call sir like it is yeah. you're right like cowardly logan and like kind of just like logan is great in this episode gregory it's is fantastic but um yeah i kind of i like this sort of level of what we're getting and, and again i think there's some there's more earlier plot holes around if you go back and watch the first five episodes again and kind of you know like it's, there's lots of loose ends that don't make sense with them taking an airport and doing this and doing that but mm. Yeah, I, I I do love this scene, but we're obviously about to get an even better scene to come. Uh, so Aaron reports that Jack has escaped uh, from the potato room. 
And uh, obviously, Walt and Logan are very upset about this. But guess what? Uh, Jack is there. <laughs> Storm in the room. Uh, and uh, Aaron's line here, too. This is basically his I'm a patriot thing where uh, it's like, oh, you are under orders to uh, detain Bauer. And he's like, uh, I'm upholding my order to protect the president of the United States. Like anybody could just claim this. No, I'm a patriot. This is his I'm a patriot here. Uh, Jack basically assaults Walt uh, pretty violently. Now, so violently that uh, if you watch this scene, so the guy that played Walt, Mr. John Allen um, Wilkes Booth, he, he, uh, Connie Allen Britain. Connie Allen Britain here. So uh, he, he, when he, Jack is basically pummeling him, like pounding on him, punching, punching. Uh, he actually points out something where I'm like, I can see that. So he says that the Kiefer Sutherland actually basically sliced his hand open while punching him. So the, what they do, and this gives a little, a little bit of movie magic, is that they pad him. Uh, and because he's punching his face, they actually put a pad on his face so that Kiefer can make enough contact that the camera picks up he's actually hitting him, but he's still supposed to pull his punches. Now, Kiefer, it wasn't like he hit him so hard he gave him a black eye even under this padding, but Kiefer was punching so aggressively to this padding while still pulling his punches that he actually made his knuckles bleed. Huh. And it, like, you got to you, and I think that the guy played Walt, somebody was saying, like, did Kiefer hit you because some of the blood had actually gotten on his cheek? And he was like, no, no, no. Keeper's like, oh, I'm really sorry. I, I cut my hand while I'm doing this. And he's like being apologetic. And meanwhile, Maybe. they're like, you know, this is this is this is Jack Bauer. This is what we want. So it's small. You can see. But basically, they they did that where he's punching on him. And then the next day they did the whole knife bit. And during the scenes with the knife, you can actually see the cut on his hand. It's not bleeding because it's a day later, but it's still visible. So Kiefer made himself bleed attacking John Allen Wilkes Booth. Uh, and this part with the knife here too, like this is just, you don't expect this even on, 24 always can surprise you and do something you're like, can they get away with this on TV? Like you expect I'm going to pull a knife, but he's holding the knife up to his throat. He's holding the knife up to his eye. It's just so aggressive. And this is kind of, the escalated version of the towel scene in season one. Because mm. he even says something like, you know, I will poke out your left eye, oh. I'll poke out your right eye, and I'm going to stab whatever else I can till you tell me what I want to know. It, it's If you're going to even boil this down to one moment of this whole attack sequence, this is Hall of Fame, it's that moment. where it, He's already attacked him, and he's got the knife, and he's threatening him even more. But everything about this is just perfect. Like This is one of the most memorable scenes of this entire season. Uh, and, um, I guess he gives up just enough information here. Walt, uh, Walt kind of becomes a bit of the coward here. Uh, so this is, I guess, where the second part of the scene with Jack on the phone with Audrey was supposed to take place, but we don't actually get it here. Uh, Logan actually towers a little bit here too, when he basically Walt's giving himself up and Logan's talking to Jack. He goes, I trusted Walt. And it's funny because at first I'm thinking like, this is him. Basically, like, I, I didn't mean to, really. I'm sorry, guys. But he actually makes a plea that that makes a lot of sense here. I trusted him just like you trusted Palmer or, like, whoever. Like, I'm like, I would actually believe this guy. And this is why maybe if they did know where they were going, Logan, they put these things in here saying, forget it. I mean, people can say that this is a plot hole later on, but we're going to do everything in our power to make you not look at Logan. And Logan, even just rationalizing why he would have gone along with this, Kind of makes sense. Um, 
but uh, we get Edgar now. So yeah, I guess we really don't have Chloe in this episode. Chloe is in the episode. I, I flick, she, she's like a brief scene with Lynn at the end. I flick through quickly and you do oh, see Oh, okay. Her. Yeah. Uh, but it's basically Edgar here who's like, I hacked the manifest. Uh, and there's only one who d- d- that only says medical supplies. I like manifest. Uh, it's my favorite too. <laughs> Josh Dallas, Josh Dallas is my hero. Bring Willestes into manifest soon. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess they figure out which shipping container it is. And the end of the episode here, like I, I, I'm still kind of torn on the cliffhangers. It's definitely better than season four, which were like we've gone too far with our cliffhangers. But I keep looking for those moments where it's like, ah, oh, this would have been a better ending here. This would have been a better ending here. Uh, you get the team storming the 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 shipping container. Uh, they see the guy. This is supposed to be the guy who had the detonators, dead guy here. And um, uh, everything, all the crates are empty, so there's nothing in there. They bring Walt back in. Uh, Walt tells, I don't know anything, I swear, guys. Uh, they have a split screen with Connie Britton, because why not? We're just going to get one more shot out of this woman. Uh, and then this is where we have the phone ring, and then the yellow tie guy calls Walt. I don't know whether I would have rather it been it's empty and you end the episode here. And that would have been like, I guess, more traditional 24 cliffhanger. But I, I think they're just going for something different this season because we get this phone call with yellow tie guy to Walt. And he's basically saying, I know what you were up to. Your, your country's going to pay a steep price. And then we get the uh, the the countdown clock here. It, it's still great. And I think it's just it's more it's catching me off guard because you think you know where these are going to come. And I guess maybe that's why they do this differently in this season. They're they're doing the cliffhangers a little bit later because they don't want it to be so predictable or you can call it it's like in five, four, three, two, one, there's the countdown clock. Uh, but, but still now we know that everybody's been betrayed. And just when you think you've, you know, you're on top of everything. And, and or Jack even said, as soon as we find these shipping containers, I'm out of here again. So all of a sudden we're going to throw another wrench in it. And the audience is left waiting for another week, figuring out, well, when is Jack going to get to go back to Connie Britton? I, I don't mind the cliffhanger. I, I think it works. You know, it kind of sets it up in the, oh, they're in trouble now. Uh-oh. And you kind of see Jack almost give a look like, oh, God, you fuckhead. Like, oh, this is always going to happen. Like, come on, mate. Like, Jesus Christ. Um, But, yeah, God, this scene. Like, I mean, as I said, like, he's doing this in front of the fucking president of the United States of America. Um, and... He's. This is the first time he's ever been in the room, as far as we know, at least watching 24, of a sitting US president. And it's just, like, I love it kind of when he walks in the room, starts bashing him up, and like, the president doesn't know what to do. Like, this is cowardly Logan. Palmer would have stepped in. Palmer would have, you know, you stand down, Jack, and he would have, like, <laughs> fucking ripped a new one. No, Taylor would have done this in a few seasons as well. Just to interrupt for a second, I don't know if you caught it, but there's a line I didn't write it down or I couldn't catch the line. But he, I think Logan says something like, you know, uh, as president of the United States of America, I order you to stop or something like that. I think he says something on his eyes. It's not, it's, trust me, it's not, that's Jack Bauer. <laughs> oh, that line just gives me cancer, I think. Um, but it like just, it's so epic. And like, I love it kind of even you got Aaron in, like you need Aaron in on this because it doesn't make sense otherwise. Like Aaron, I'll do it. I hit my head with Jack Bauer. <laughs> Like, you kind of need this in it. And I, I love it when this will eventually lead to, like, kind of them, like, turning in there, turning your badge and your gun um, and your earpiece. But um, just, like, he, the knife bit when he's got it in his eye and, like, the way I can see Kiefer bleeding in this thing. Because what, like, I, I don't know if he says, I'm pretty sure he says gut. I think he says cut. But it sounds like he says, 
I'm going to cut your left eye, then I'm going to cut your right eye, then I'm going to gut you, and I'm going to cut you. Mm. Like, it literally sounds like that yeah. rap I said last week from if, you, if you've if you seen Scary Movie recently, there's kind of that bit when he's like the Ghostface killer parody. He's sort of going, I'm going to slice and dice, I'm going to cut a hole in your ass. Like, he does that kind of like gruesome rap, which is funny. Like, this is kind of, and he's just so good. And like, you're right, it is kind of like a towel scene from season one on crack because that was just like, you don't think I can force this down your throat, but I can. Like, it was very calm. It was very just like, I'm going to do this to you. Whereas this is just like, fucking, I'm going to cut you. I'm going to slice you. I'm going to cut your balls out. I'm going to shove them down your throat. I'm going to fart in your mouth. I'm going to spit in your face. <laughs> fart in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> again, scary movie quotes. But um, <laughs> it's just like, oh, it's so good. And again, the president is just standing here watching this. Like, it's so good. And then I kind of like the moment when, like, Logan's kind of like, he told me everything. He's, you know, he's like, he's lying, sir. And then, like, when he's about to, like, cut his eyes out, he's kind of like the seagull from Finding Nemo. All right, all right, I'll talk, I'll talk. And then you just got this, like, look on Logan's face where he's just like, oh, God, I'm dumb, you know? So he just farted, <laughs> farted in his mouth. <laughs> it's like Martha last week. <laughs> but, um, oh, it's just so goddamn good. I just love a good, like, this is a real Jack Bauer power. And, again, on paper, shouldn't like this. Jack Bauer walks into a room, assaults the president's chief of staff, threatens to cut his eyes out in front of him in order to get information vital to national security. That sounds so ridiculous and over the top that we should be rolling our eyes going, oh my God, this is terrible. This belongs with robbing a gas station and cougars. But it's so good. Like, like I feel like if the two people listening to this show are probably like, oh, Ben, you're such a hypocrite. You're always bagging this over the top stuff. Over the top cheesy stuff that makes no sense is sometimes great in this show and it works and this is one of those moments it's so goddamn good and we're going to get like a i'd argue an even better scene sort of in the finale of this season when it comes to jack and the president and some sort of similar stuff but um yeah it's so good and i like just like Jack and Logan don't have a relationship really do they like it's kind of yeah. we've only ever seen Logan wanting to arrest jack and so this is kind of their first meeting and it's a significant meeting because not just because he's the president and not what's going to happen this season, but stuff will happen in season eight, which is significant with Jack and Logan. And even to an extent, next season's a terrible episode with Logan and he's only in like one episode next season from memory. But um, yeah, I think it's just, it's important that the handshake they kind of have and it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a great moment. Um, and everything else that happens from after that, like I like the twist of, yeah, like, oh, oh, like, weapons are on our soil now. We fucked up. Orkies. But, um, yeah, I mean, this scene is just, it's it makes the episode. This elevates this episode another 10 points if we were ranking this out of, like, 100 or something like that. 20 points, even. Uh, I've got no other trivia. I've covered everything from the commentaries and um, uh, the deleted scenes and stuff like that, and there's not much here on Wikipedia. What, what does the book say? Nothing really. It, it literally just oh. it just mentions about um, what I mentioned before about old producer mate, and then it's just sort of got an interview with James Morrison and Sean Astin around the scene that they did together, and the little research file box talks about Moscow. So um, it's like Moscow was mentioned in this episode. It is the capital of Russia. But other than that, it's got this episode marked the first writing credit for co-executive producer David Fury. He reveals that Howard Gordon gave a shout out to former Buffy writer Jane Espenson in an episode 10 by naming a character after her. So there you go. Um, and we've got a lovely picture of uh, 
Jack holding a knife to Walt, which is always oh. nice. Good for promo purposes. Buy it now, as you can see. Also, I guess one bit of trivia is that they did use a real knife. Like not for there. There is a fake knife at the point where he's literally holding it to his eye. But every other shot outside of where it's being held to his eye is a real knife that they gave Kiefer Sutherland, which just seems like a recipe for disaster. But uh, apparently nobody other than Kiefer got hurt. And fun fact about that knife, it is also actually two on strike in the writer's strike at the moment. It wants uh, (laughs) better pay for being a knife in Hollywood. They're getting very underpaid, those knives at the moment. The knife strike. The Uh, (laughs) knife strike. That's not a knife. This is a knife. Uh, I am continuing to buy... um, like I said, I think this is one of the best episodes so far this season. It might even be one of the best episodes for the entire season. Uh, although I know we got at least two or three to come that are uh, still better than this. But uh, great episode for me, and uh, you're gonna buy two. I am. I'm gonna buy it two. Am I? So like, I'm just gonna like yes, just go twice. and buy two copies of it. You only buy twice. Um, I agree with you, Colin. It is a great episode, and I am also going to buy it. I am going to rank this. I, I joked at the beginning it would be ranked at number nine, my infamous position for uh, episode one Such bullshit. of season five. Uh, but I'm actually ranking this at number 10, so it's only one spot below it. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Almost almost as good as a premiere. I, uh, I, I'll give mine a second. I'm just trying to see. You're on an 11 buy streak here, and I'm just trying to see if how you're going for the record. Um, I'm pretty sure. Aren't you ahead of me, though? Uh, am I? I, I think I will be. I don't know if I am at the moment. No, because I... <laughs> you will be because you know when I will be in her. Well, rent. no, no. I, I, will, I, will, I know when I'm going to stop this streak I'm on at the moment. But um, no, I rented episode 21 of last season when you bought it. Um, So you're at 11 at the moment. I'm just trying to quickly scroll through here. My nip-tuck streak uh, from 3 to 5 was 18. So you're not quite there. I think I had a long third watch streak as well, um, which would be the grand total in a row of 15. But if I'm looking here correctly, uh, I think the record actually will stand with Mustanik Chista, who from episode three of season four of Breaking Bad right through to the finale bought the final 27 episodes. Ooh, of breaking I thought it was bad. 17. Wow. So um yeah, I think that's a record that probably will not ever be broken on this show because I don't know if there would be We're a... going to hit season 6 before we get there. <laughs> we will. And uh, there's there's at least two bins in this season for me, so I'm I'm wondering if you're going to feel the same. But that's incredible. I don't I can't think of another TV show off the top of my head that I would probably buy that many in a row. Um yeah, I don't I mean I love friends, but I don't know if there's like 20 odd episodes of friends in a row maybe but um anyway uh the point is my ranking um so i have got this in 12th right now uh so this is the second best episode of the season to me uh and i will say that overall on my final rankings this will still finish in the top 20 it comes in at 19th so only seven more episodes i say in the history of 24 are better than this episode still to come well obviously 18 because it's 19th but like seven more that we haven't gotten to yet what I'm trying to say. Or work out the math off there. I don't know what math is. That's why I'm a <laughs> podcast host. Uh, I've watched nothing from next week's episode. I'm just reading up on it now. Um, I don't know how much of this we want to give away here. Uh, Ivan Ur- Erwick, that's what it is, not Eric. Uh, 
Ivan Erwick look for ways to activate the Centox nerve gas canisters. Uh, now this, I, I just love the, the grammar of this. Jack Bauer finds a connection to the terrorist, but his connection has problems <laughs> of his own. Yep. Um, yeah, I look, to be honest, at the top of my head, I don't remember it entirely. I know we're a few weeks away from not a great episode, but I also think we're, we're going to the mall, I think. Is it next week or the week after? Uh, we're doing a bit of uh, Robin Sparkles from How Me. Let's go to the mall. Canadian song there for you. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't remember it, but I've bought this episode next week, so it must be okay. Oh, it also says Lynn has personal problems. Oh, we meet her for Chloe, the first time. Uh, that's a negative. Chloe is Chloe's forced to work with Spencer again. Yeah, um, I forgot. That's the one downside of the Lynn character is mm. this annoying thing with his sister. But I guess in the grand scheme of his sister, it's important. This is like it's just it's standard. Let's have a random family member show up for drama. But I guess this one does it right in the fact that it's done for an actual purpose, whereas a lot of the time. It's just done for drama. Um, I'm excited to talk about Lynn's sister next week. <laughs> this mm-hmm. isn't like our excitement from last week, but Ben still bought it. So something to look forward to. Uh, where are we right now? Um, Why do we hide? Oh, we, we, well, I guess we are. <laughs> Indiana Jones about starts to start next. Uh, no, this week. No, no, does it? It's this week or next week. I think it might be this week. I think it's this week. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. This Ooh. is. Uh, Bucket list uh, podcast time, and um, uh, this is a movie that, despite the fact that it came out the year I was born, I've seen this movie, I think, three or four times in theaters. It's one of these things that every single time it's playing anywhere, I'm like, I'm going to go see it. And it's actually supposed to be, at least in America, they're releasing it for a week, kind of like they did Return of the Jedi, and I'm hoping we get it here in Canada, because I will go again. I, um... I can't believe we're here. I mean, I'm just putting a little asterisk to everything we're saying right now. We may cancel it like a week before, um, like we did with our last month. But <laughs> it's the thing that surprised me most about the Indiana Jones movies is that I love them. I used to watch them a lot as a kid because it was kind of like, oh, Star Wars or Indiana Jones, what will I watch? But I think I never watched them as much as Star Wars. And then I, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't think I have watched the Indiana Jones movies since the Crystal Skull came out. Um, I think I got them. I remember buying the box set of them when I worked at Sanity and I might've watched them maybe like 2009, 2010, but I would not have watched them since. So that is how long it has been since I have seen the Indiana Jones movies. And I, I know I like them. Um, I always used to watch Temple of Doom the most, although I always like Last Crusade the best and mm-hmm. Raiders of the Lost Ark scared me the most i think out of all of them for some reason but i also have not watched it since watching the big bang theory when they basically ruined it saying there is no (laughs) point to indiana jones in that movie so i'm actually going to watch that this time around with that knowledge that no matter how you explain it take indiana jones out of this movie and nothing changes i don't know if you've ever watched it with that vision i think i i I, i've know the movie by heart so when i saw that episode i remember back i'm like yeah they're kind of right but there's a very important thing that they're overlooking which i'll bring up in the raiders of the lost ark and i'm excited when we get to last crusade because that's my personal favorite and i uh get to tell a great personal story uh about last crusade our good friend julian glover yes uh, i forgot about that yeah we've interviewed uh maybe we'll have to 
put a little uh, uh, plug to the episode. People go uh, re-download the episode Julian Glover. Might get a download. Uh, That'd be nice. <laughs> finally. Uh, but Raiders of the Lost Ark starting this week and then 24 next week for Lynn's sister. Uh, and my I, name is Colin. I was going to say that guy yeah, the you're, Galaxy you're, you're, review we did was fantastic. Oh, yeah, it? that was awesome. I'm Considering I'm seeing it in 12 hours, I'm pretty excited. <laughs> and I still haven't worked out we when already I'm seeing talked it. about it. Yep. <laughs> I can't believe that they were still Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, it was incredible. I, I got to see if I have time to get through the, the holiday special before I see oh, it. Oh, please hours. do. Please do. Watch it. Uh, my name is Colin, and yeah. So, what's going on? And my name is Coco and JJ and Dunley. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes, yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. (laughs)